I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome to the Trump Report. Hello, everyone. I'm Christian Blatt, joined as always by our all-star panel of Chelsea Galicia. Hello there. Scott Moore, who uh, very disappointed. He has uh, done some uh, personal grooming, and uh, the, that's uh, 20, 20, yeah, some manscaping, 20 uh, demerits for the quarantine. And of course, Tamara Brown. Sorry, you guys, I know you're really disappointed that there's no jokes today. I apologize. I had no control. They're over all it. in my head. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also uh, joining us today uh, for the first time on this show, Tehran. How are you, sir? I'm a, I, I'm I'm really thankful that you guys had me on the show. I actually had to take time out of looting to be here, so I just want to let you know how important this is for me. Yes, I mean if you're going to prioritize, and remember, Tehran is the one who said that. I didn't say that. None of the rest of us said that. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I meant protesting at a Gucci store. <laughs> Let's make it more politically correct for everybody. Let's just protesting set that the bar now protesting those prices. Uh, but in all uh, seriousness, oddly enough, uh, there, uh, you know, we weren't, uh, we weren't on last week. So there's a lot to cover. And uh, Tehran, I have no idea why I felt like uh, as our guest, though, I should be, I should be generous and uh, give you a, a moment just to sort of summarize how you're feeling today. What is today? Uh, Tuesday, June 9th, sort of as you look back now on the last couple of weeks. Well, as everybody's black friend all of a sudden, I've never had more white people call me and check in on me. I appreciate it. I pick up the phone and I'm like, hey man, what's up? How am I doing? I'm doing well, Trevor, how are you? It's so nice to hear from people I haven't heard from in a long time. Trevor's uh, thoughtful. Everyone, everyone's thoughtful, I appreciate that. I love uh, hearing from racists. It's amazing to hear from them. I love the chance of all lives matter. Let's argue at any cost. Hey guys, let's end systematic racism and police brutality. No! Great for you. Honestly, sometimes I secretly wish we had started chanting black lives suck just to hear racists scream, all lives suck. And it's like, yes, Steve, they do. They really do. It's been a very interesting time. We are honestly living in, uh, in history. And I, I do wanna say this, is that many people in 30 years from now, uh, I hope you're not on the wrong side of history because many people 30 years from now are going to lie to themselves and to their loved ones and say, say they were in support. They were in support of the people. They were in support of the uh, demilitarization and end of police brutality. They, were, they will lie and say these things the same way that the people who merely tweeted will tell everyone they were Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. They will Except lie we have them. the receipts. We have exactly. their Facebook posts. We have their Hashtag Facebook All Live Matter posts. Facebook posts. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And they will not be able to clean. That's the difference between this, these set of protests. It's one of the differences, but... The, the difference between these set of protests and the ones from the 60s is because when we look at those pictures, we see a lot of policemen who are hosing down protesters and dogs attacking them and angry militant mob style uh, white, not all white people, I hate when people throw it out generally, but white people who are attacking the protesters. But we don't know what happened to them because when we ask people now, no one was there. No one was in support of that. No one's family was a part of that. And to be honest, we can't tell because no offense, all of you look the same to us too. So the concept is we don't know, but in the future we will know. 
we will know what happened and where you are 30 years from now. And we, our eyes are on you. The world's eyes are on all of us. So this is not just Black Lives Matter because it's about Black people. This is truly all of us together because it's we the people. It just starts here first. Right, and I, I think that, uh, you know, the, look, uh, I, I, there have been in recent years, no shortage of, uh, you know, protests and, and all sorts of activism, but the difference is that usually, I, I don't know, after Eric Garner, I couldn't even tell you how many days that was, you know, and it didn't reach this level. This is, is sustained in, I was going to say across the country, but you even see uh, some of it around the world. 18 countries I, around the world, fifth, all 50 states. Yeah. I mean, this is the biggest, uh, biggest organized civil rights movement of all time. And the, different, and the thing I'd like to point out right now, really quick, Christian, is the sure. fact that you brought up Eric Gardner, which was about four years ago. We're reusing hashtags. That's how bad this is. This isn't the first I can't breathe. This is the third incarnation of it. Right. No, no. I, I think that, and, and uh, look, I think that I, I don't, I mean, you can point at a lot of reasons for it because there, this isn't the first time we've had a video, you know, the, this there, I, I don't know if it's because we're able to singularly focus on anything, but what I think is impressive is just, I don't know, over the weekend, what was that? 20,000 people in Hollywood, you know, 50. I mean, a lot, 50, 50, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people that I, trust yeah. me, I was there. It was definitely 50,000 people and all of us have Corona now. So soon it will only be 20,000. So I can see where, where the mix up was. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I was, uh, I was looking at future numbers. No, but I mean, it's, it's all very impressive. And, you know, I think obviously early on, we, you know, when we were prepared to talk about this last week, but then the the network uh, wasn't doing shows because it was that Black Hat Tuesday. We, you know, the the idea was to kind of talk about the fact that we had all the protests and the very important distinction that many were making, but not everyone was making that the the violence, the looting, the vandalism was all completely separate, and that we're not seeing as much of that now. And, and, you know, I mean, you have the national guard leaving places like Los Angeles. Uh, so I, I feel like the focus is more on the message, which unfortunately, and tell me uh, anyone jump in on this, the fact that we're focusing more on a, on a positive message, I feel like the, the media is ready to move on because the media was interested when there were videos of people, you know, busting in the window at a Gucci store, uh, you know, all, all of that stuff. Now they're just like, okay, here's a crowd shot from our drone, but now we're going to, I guess now we're going to see if we can make Corona interesting again. Um, let me, let me specifically ask you, Chelsea, what do you think? I mean, I haven't been watching the news the last couple of days. Good I've wanted you. to stay more connected um, with, um, frankly, my you know, social media to, to just, to, to feel like, just talk amongst people because um, I'm still um, pretty seriously uh, staying at home. And so for that reason, I have not attended a protest, but man, I know that I am going to deeply regret that. Um, but I, I'm just letting the, I guess the guilt um, of the people around me win out. Um, but I, I want to stay connected to that conversation. So I am not going to let myself get distracted by watching whatever the news wants to, you know, move on to the new thing. 
I hope, and I do think that we're still going to be talking about this because it seems like every day um, there's some surprise thing, like the day that, you know, Roger Goodell said the NFL was wrong, like, whoa, didn't see that one coming. Um, and so it's like every day there is what seems to be a, a new unfolding of somebody or some organization or company that just gets it. And I think that we're seeing the power of sustained uh, focus on this one issue because day after day, we're hearing about new things, police departments changing protocols. And so I, I, I think that when we see that there's actual progress being made, it fuels us to stick with this conversation um, even if big advertisers are ready to move on to but try and get more eyeballs. Are people getting it or are they getting their bottom line? Because getting it would require a, a certain amount of actual epiphany instead of, well, now that we see 50,000 people in one city all uni unified in one direction, let's get out of their way because let's take the case of the NFL, which of course with Colin Kaepernick and the kneeling, this honestly was something that has been brought up and the NFL not only denied it, they blackballed Colin Kaepernick, something that has been, uh, has been ascertained as we have moved forward with legal proceedings. And now for Roger Goodell to come out and say, oh, we were wrong, seems like it's a, a day late and a dollar short. It seems, and, and, it, and it comes at the time where the NFL is at its weakest. And, and honestly, uh, the NFL actually has a lot to do with what's going on right now, because if there were sports, maybe people wouldn't have been out on Sunday. If there was an NFL game going on, people wouldn't have been out. If people could watch cricket on TV, a lot of people wouldn't have been out. But fortunately, I, mean, I, I would definitely be watching cricket if it was on television. <laughs> that, I've, exactly. I've watched, I watched Korean baseball. So, uh, but, but you weren't uh, out, Christian, but you weren't true. out. What I'm saying. Uh, but to Chelsea's point, you know, you're sort of talking about advertisers and things. If you think back a, a few weeks, you think back a month, Remember how all the advertisers wanted us to know that we're all in this together? They were, we were in, they were in this with us when we were all staying home. When you're all out in the street, they're like, yeah, I mean, we're not in it anymore. You know, somebody else can get in it, but, uh, you know, we're just going to take a back seat. And I think the difference is obviously sort of in reference to what Tamara was saying before in terms of the receipts, everyone is really held accountable. It's like everybody knows if you're a major corporation and you haven't commented on something yet. And... I think that, you know, just commenting is, is nice, but then what about, what are you going to do next? You know, I mean, well, it, it, it has to start with a consciousness. And sure. I know that people like me, we're all looking forward to solutions and tangible change, but it starts with the feelings and minds and hearts opening. And so I think that's what's, you know, mostly happening right now. And a question that I have for Tehran is that I understand that Roger Goodell, the NFL, and lots of organizations are a day late and a dollar short, but would you have preferred them to stay quiet right now? Or are you glad that they finally said something? I would have preferred them to have more black executives to begin with when that investigation in regards began. I would have preferred them to have been aware of the situation when we were taking hard line stance with Kaepernick. I would have preferred that. But when people are like, well, he said it now, Sure, but is he, is Roger Goodell and the NFL ready to put their money where their mouths are? What are they actually doing? This is the most dangerous effect of socialized 
uh, and normalcy within ending systematic racism is let's give them, quote unquote, just enough. Let's give them just enough to shut them up. Let's give them a couple positions so they can't look back and say, why not more? Let's give them enough. And that's, I, that's what I'm afraid of, is that people will get full with one or two spoonfuls of freedom, justice, and liberty. I hear that and I, I acknowledge that so much. And I also am concerned that if we just keep saying that's not enough, that's not enough, that people will give up. So I'm kind of trying to, in my mind, balance out how do we tell people, hey, it's not enough, but then not invalidate them so much that they just say, forget this. I'm not even going to try and be a part of this. And I, I totally hope that what you're saying doesn't happen, that they just say something and then they get silent about it and nothing structural changes. And we definitely need to hold them accountable. I don't know how we hold the NFL accountable. They seem to be just accountable only to their owners and, and nobody else. Um, but I still have to hope that the NFL finally saying something or Roger Goodell saying something makes more people say, well, shnikes, I mean, maybe this is a real problem, like a real issue. And I ignored it before. I didn't want to deal with it. But now if the NFL, who has been trying to deny this and sweep this under the rug for so long, finally can't, maybe there's something to this and I should really take a look. Otherwise, I'm just going to be the fool that's got no clue about what reality Tamara, is. Tamara, can you please be my white savior? People please, Tamara. aren't, yes. Uh, let me swoop in and be the the teacher in the in the. Uh, to be uh, fair, Tamara is all of our white savior. Okay, you. Pink savior, please. Um, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm colorblind. I didn't notice. So, um, I've noticed that um, BLMLA, Black Lives Matter, Los Angeles. Um, you know in front of DA Jackie Lacey's office, the, the amount of crowds that are down there at this point, and they're having a, a big demonstration uh, tomorrow to um, uh, fire Jackie Lacey, who has protected uh, police who have been, um, you know, uh, who've, who've brutalized um, people of color. Yeah. Um, so they could very easily be like, where were all you guys six months ago? We have been here every day for, for years and years and years. Thanks for all showing up now. Like they very easily could give that attitude, but they don't at all. They are happy to have the support and welcoming. And, and I think that is, is what encourages people to stay motivated and stay, and stay, um, energized because uh so uh, taking that example and putting that with with the nfl for example um you know we know the nfl's stance they've they've we they have the receipts of how they felt about kneeling but if if moving forward um if the movement were to um embrace the fact that they seem to have had uh an enlightenment and you know Tehran you could I don't know do you feel it's genuine I'm not sure whether it's genuine uh, or whether so it's a marketing tool I actually really like what you brought up and I want to I want to illuminate the difference when it comes to the protests protest power comes from the people 
With protests, it's all about numbers. But with business, it's all about dollars. And there isn't enough numbers when it comes to the elite and the wealthy and business. So there is no just let's have a lot of people do something. In those situations, when it comes to business, when it comes to actual the system, sincere action is much better than false sentiment. Yeah. Even if that sincere action is little, but it, it's real, as opposed to false sentiment, which seems very grandiose, but it's just a gesture. It's very similar to dating with the guy who opens the door for you for the first two months, but then treats you like crap later, as opposed to the guy who might not open the door, but always pays for dinner and treats you like, a, 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 like his queen for the rest of his life. And, and, and there's a difference in that. So you're saying let's not let's not get excited about the statement now. Let's wait until we get back uh, when, once there are games and we're seeing uh, how um, uh, the NFL actually right. treats well, kneeling. Well, I mean, and with the, like in that. terms of the NFL, think back. Just uh, I think it was three weeks ago they started offering additional draft picks for any team that hires a black coach. That was so, actually that was just a plan. It was a proposed plan. Right. Okay. And, so and they they weren't even going to do that. They weren't, but it's, yeah. it's the reason is because they have, they have, and it's, this isn't my opinion. Sure. They have been found to specifically deny black executives and black coaching staff in their organizations. Now people always throw out, but there's so many black football players. We understand a big part of racism is placism. It's something we actually saw a visualization of in New York city with Amy Cooper towards Christian Cooper where Amy Cooper makes the phone call, an African-American man is uh, harassing me, he's stalking me, he's attacking me, makes the call against Christian Cooper, who turns out to be this wonderful, gentle human being, right? We see that, it's placism, weaponizing racism, where you sit there and say, it's not just, I'm not just racist, you need to know your place. You cannot speak to me like this because I am here and I'm putting my hand high as opposed to where you are, which is here, and I'm putting my hand low. That's, that's the problem. It's the concept of placism. And we've seen placism in places like the NFL. Right. And uh, obviously, the, uh, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the protests themselves, because I know, Tamara, you actually provided us with some video. So you went, was that in Hollywood? Uh, this was uh, yeah, a little this, bit more well, than a week so ago, right? This this was last week's. I right. did, uh, but I will, I, even though these videos aren't from Sunday, which I was also there too, but I'll kind of talk about that, how, how the atmosphere, how different it was. But um, can we first show... Um, First, show the um, the sidewalk video, Ryan. If that makes sense, which one if I'm this referencing? Is, if this is just a video of the sidewalk, I'm going to be. It, it, it is. Well, no, it is, but it's yeah. you know, it's it's artistic. There's there's, well, there's chalk drawings. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, Tamara okay. is promoting her Instagram on it, so it's important for us Thank all. Thank you. And my Etsy. That. Yeah. Oh yeah, her Etsy. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, okay, Ryan's pulling it up now. He lets us know. Which, but I, I do just want no. to say that I'm not just specifically pointing at the NFL. The NFL is just, once again, a symbol uh, of, of what we have seen, whether it's from Reebok or other companies that have jumped on board a movement and are now using it in a way to hopefully promote social good, but 
as we know, to promote their bottom line. We saw this with Nike and their very successful Kaepernick campaign, which people initially said would be a downfall of Nike. And then we saw their stock rise and we saw their product sales go up. And it has a lot to do with the buying power of black America. As much as people love to talk crap about how poor the hood is, if the hood is so poor, why do you keep opening businesses there? That's a whole different discussion. It is. And uh, Ryan, are, are we going to be able to see the video or just the audience will see the video? Oh, I see Scott there. That's all right. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah, I see yeah. it. Oh, there I, it is. I do see it there. Yeah, so there's the video. Okay, so oh, Tamara, what are we see seeing it. here? I don't know. Oh, I'm not You don't see anything. it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're on okay. the wrong view. There's a, a lot of uh, police officers standing. Okay, so and then just notice, notice the amount of police. And then you'll see that there's a gentleman. If you can see, there's a white T-shirt, a man in a white T-shirt. Um, so the police were trying to open up the intersection. And if you see the amount of police, I'm bad at estimating, but that's like over, over 25 officers, yeah, like in full right. riot sure. gear, Absolutely. full riot gear. Um, they were trying to open up the intersection and, um, a, a few of us, everybody on the sidewalk, were trying to get that, get that man to come over to the side and the police were telling him, uh, you know, sir, move, move out of the intersection, come to the sidewalk, come over here. And people were saying, come on, man, don't, you know, don't uh, disrupt the peaceful protest over this little thing, because it was just one person in the sidewalk. And honestly, from, from the interaction, I suspect the man was probably mentally ill. Um, the police kept giving, you know, warning after warning after warning. Uh, to be fair, they did do that. But then they charged at him all of those 25 plus officers for one man and that that was just um the most recent um my my most recent personal experience with seeing just excessive force that was absolutely completely unnecessary meanwhile you know this is still this this was tuesday monday and tuesday i did see um tear gas tear gas being um thrown on Monday, um, tear gas being threatened on Tuesday for, for no real reason. And this is an example of the, the excessive force that is just systematically ingrained in police. If you saw the video and saw the amount of officers that were lined up there, even if somebody were making the argument that, well, he was doing something wrong and he wasn't listening. Yes, but there is no reason that there should have been that amount of aggression to, to they gave into their training. That's, yeah, they gave into their training rather than to their reason, and that's what we see often with police and police tactics is that training, and it's unfortunate that it's very barbaric, archaic training, which overcomes actual reason or tactics. We've seen this time and time again. It tends to happen more towards the minority community, and even the use of tear gas, which by the way, has been outlawed with all other chemical weapons uh, by the Geneva Protocol of 1925, which prohibited the use of asphyxiating gas or any other kind of gas, liquids, or substances, or whatever materials. And yet, we use it on our own citizens. Well, uh, you do forget the specific regulation that it is, it is banned, except for when you need to go take a photo op and have to walk through a park. Then that's actually a good point. I apologize, Christian. Mm -hmm. that, that is that, that is that, actually that's the one time you're allowed to use it. I just wanted to make sure that I, I put that into the official record. Uh, Scott, I know we've uh, barely had a chance for you to talk, so I want to 
continues sort of talking about Scott the- did what responsible white people are should do. He was listening. Listening. Thank you, That's Thank right. you Scott. I appreciate you. I would yeah. love to listen to you. Now, Scott, I want you to teach us, though, teach the rest of us what we need to know, which is uh, I just wanted to kind of give you a minute to talk about some of what you've seen. And we will just kind of talk about what's already been, you know, at least suggested and passed in terms of some of the police reforms that we've seen across the country. We can talk about the bigger issue in a moment, but I kind of wanted to let you weigh in on this first. Well, I, I think just in general, um, it's like, where do we even begin? Um, that we've gotten to this point, but there's so many things that I wanted to talk about from earlier, you know, the, the, the emails like that went out for COVID that now we've been getting for the, for Black Lives Matter. And it just feels very pandering. Um, and it kind of goes back to the NFL too, where money talks. So I'm going to be fascinated to see what's really going to happen. Um, because it felt very, again, it felt pandering to me. Um, but like, like Tarawan was saying earlier, it's going to be fascinating to see because money talks. And at the end of the day, um, are they doing this out of a out of thoughts for money out of instead of from the goodness of their heart? And that's where it kind of makes me feel sad because I don't necessarily trust when all these people are sending out these pandering emails that it's really going to come down to their bottom line. And they just want to well, be like, great, you know, and that's that's although I get what Chelsea was saying, if they can start opening people up a little bit more to possibly, you know, think maybe perhaps they, there's bigger issues. Um but it worries me that it's really just down to money and nothing else, uh, which makes me feel sad. Uh, as far as police reforms, are you talking about more about the whole concept of defunding? Well, I wanted to get to that in, the in, police? Yeah. in a minute. Should, yeah. Is that what you meant? definitely get into that. Yeah, let's start, yeah, let's that, start with that. And then uh, I, I, I have, uh, yeah, I have a way that I want to pose that. But uh, y yes, please uh, weigh in on that, Scott. Well, I think the the problem with the way that it's it's called the funding, I think automatically plays into you know, the, the law and order side of things, because by calling it the funding, it makes it sound like you're literally taking away all the money and you're just letting anarchy reign. And I, I, I think that it would be better if there was a, a better term for it. Um, so people didn't automatically take that and run with that because defunding the police doesn't mean you're, you know, giving no money at all. It's, uh, I like what some people have been saying. It's like, wow, you've defunded social services for years. You've defunded, you know, education for years. I feel like in a way it should be kind of like a Chelsea, what we've talked about in the past, like reallocating the big pie of money and being able to reallocate some of the funds to other areas. I think part of the issue is that the police have been overfunded, much like our obsession with the military federally, that's just been overfunded to these crazy over the top numbers, um, you know, where these local police departments have these crazy militaristic tanks and firepower and other things that police departments do not need. And so I think if, if there's a way of either rephrasing with reallocating the funds or reallocating how this is set up rather than calling it the funding, because it does set a tone, I think, for the opposition to come in and say, oh, look, they're just talking about letting everything go and letting everyone just walk around and, yeah, and police and themselves. Just, so. just to piggyback on that, uh, I, I live in Burbank. And if you know anything about Southern California, Burbank doesn't need a tank, but they I think they have they definitely have one. I think they might have two. They definitely have a tank, though. So I, I, I agree with that. And I sort of the disagree. I disagree about the police don't need these military style weapons and okay. tanks. Um, the police in Baghdad clearly need some of these things. And I think we should be aware of that. That's not fair for us to defund the police at all. It, it seems like we're having a branding issue. 
Yeah. Relocating funds for the police doesn't have the ring to it. Defunding right. police. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't look as good on a, a hashtag or a sign. And sort of that right. was the thing when when that started, Tehran, when it when I started hearing people say defund the police, I was like, OK, I, I want to know more. What exactly does that entail? And I do think that it's not specific enough. It's like because you're able to immediately make the argument, oh, you're going to defund the police. Great. What are you going to do when somebody breaks into your house? So. I mean, that's not really, you know, nobody's saying get rid of, and you know, get rid of the law enforcement. It's just more, you know, they're being asked to do too much. I, I mean, I, I don't think, know what Antifa's saying. So I don't know what Antifa's saying. Oh, but you didn't, no, wait, you didn't get the Antifa, rational. you didn't Chelsea, get the Antifa Chelsea, memo? do you want to weigh in on what, an, uh, no, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> I, meant to, I meant to copy you on the Antifa I mean, memo, I'm sorry. We do get a lot of branding issues where we say things like defund police and people get, they're trigger words, right? For sure. example, Black Lives wow. Matter, the part, the black part is the trigger word, right? Because technically it doesn't mean uh, black lives matter only or black lives matter more. It literally means black lives matter also in correlation with other lives. But that word black triggers people, defunding triggers people, branding issues. We Maybe we should have said, uh, don't kill us. And people would have been like, ah. still, it could have been a thing, but then we could have weeded out because I get a lot of people who come from a good place when they're trying to say, but all lives matter. And I don't think they understand what they're doing. With defund police, we see that simply the concept of reducing the demand placed on police by basically redirecting the funds into mental yeah. health, housing, uh, healthcare, other social programs. That's not, that shouldn't, none of these should be arguments. Hey everyone, we'd like to end systematic racism, but, Wait, what? Hey, everyone, we'd like the end of police brutality. No! Hey, everyone, we'd love to have better education, healthcare, and social care. No! Like, I don't understand what the major arguments are, except that possibly there's a lack of information or processed information or, or an over, uh, over amount of confirmation bias where people are giving a, a little bit of information is a dangerous thing, but a lot of the wrong information is a deadly thing. And that's what we're watching happening today. Well, to, to address yeah. that, I, what, how, how can we address the feelings, or maybe we just have to ignore it, of the people who think, well, defunding the police takes something away from my safety and gives it to other people because I'm not gonna be benefited by all this new social program. So it's, it's a taking away from me. Um, I don't know how to, explain that in a way to where the privileged equality will always feel like oppression chelsea it is impossible to explain logic to stupid it's impossible so i understand there is a huge concern uh tamara what did you want to say yeah i, I saw i saw your hand very polite <laughs> by the way i love that yeah see thank you um i'm nothing if not polite um thank you uh i i um it's amazing to me i've always been troubled at society's alarmist nature. And Christian, you said when people say defunding the police, the very first thing somebody you usually will me. say is was, what what if my what if my house oh, gets broken? No, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That, no, I just yeah, wanted to explain better. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, you yeah. were referencing what a usual response is to that. How often does that happen? I'm not saying it never happens, but sure. when it comes to 911 calls, that is such a smaller percentage of 911 calls are usually um, 
health health related somebody's somebody's sick injured having a heart attack they need emt they need fire department they need things like that then there's um, a lot of domestic issues where um, somebody's somebody's missing um, or somebody they there is a, a domestic dispute within the house and these these are all the larger reasons that people call 911 are exactly what defunding police is saying we don't need police for those instances somebody um, somebody's missing you don't necessarily need a it would be much better to have a social worker show up if you're having a domestic dis dispute it would be much better to have a social worker show up who would be trained in how to you know who would be trained in de-escalation techniques and things like that for the majority of the reasons that people call 911 there are social workers there are other services that would make a lot more sense for that person to show up rather than a police officer the fact that people in society are so alarmist, are so fear-based. This is something that has always bothered me. The fact that the first thing when somebody worries that we're going to take away the police department and they say, but what if I'm uh, somebody shows up at my front door with a gun? It's like, when does that ever happen? Again, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen because that's people get very angry if you suggest that that doesn't actually happen. That's how alarmist people are. But, but but the fact that that's where your mind actually goes, I think, I think the, our society being so alarmist is one of the biggest problems. Once people start to, I think it's important to continue this defunding police um, discussion. Just in the couple days that I've tried to educate myself a little bit more and more on it, you know, there's a spectrum between just um, re the people who think that, okay, well, let's not disband the police, but let's reallocate funds all the way to the people of the spectrum who are like, no, absolutely get rid of police departments. And in just two days, I think I'm on this end of the spectrum of let's absolutely get rid well, of police. Because, well, I, I was just going to say that this discussion is important because what it does is, and this is a phrase I just learned too, I'm not sure if you guys are already well familiar with this, maybe I'm the, I think it's called the Overton window, which is once something becomes um, brought to the general public, the, the masses attention, and uh, there's, there's this window, the Overton window of what the majority of people find an acceptable practice. This is in anything, um, especially, you know, uh, uh, healthcare um, in recent years. Um, if somebody sure. is on the extreme outside of this window, it can shift the general public's opinion to this more extreme um, uh, belief system. So I think that it's really, really important to start talking about how we do not need police. We don't need them at least not the way that we have them in our lives now. And once more and more people start getting on board with this, I really would love to see the Overton window shift for more and more people to understand that. I wanted to bring up that, because uh, you brought up the Overton window, which is a great term. I think a lot of people should also be aware of the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is this basically this cognitive bias in which people with low ability uh, tend to overestimate their ability in something. I do it all the time myself uh, on stage because I think I'm an amazing comedian. But the concept, of course, is that it's difficult to uh, reason with people who won't understand or accept reason. However, I want to make sure that I do not invalidate or anyone is invalidating how they feel. 
it can be very scary. It is very frustrating. At times it feels like all the fingers are pointing at you, all the hands are taken from you, but that is not the case. The case is that we want to understand, we want you to understand and we want to educate you on these particular uh, pieces of, of legislature and information. And that's a big thing. Everyone thinks that we're taking, taking something away, but we're not, we're putting something back. And what we're putting back together is our nation because the hopes is that we're one nation undivided with liberty and justice for all. I hope also that this conversation about defunding the police will be put in the context of this is actually helping police officers so that they deal with fewer kinds of situations so that they're not the ones dealing with the drug problems, which should be in terms of healthcare. And they're not dealing with mental health problems because that should be taken care of by mental health professionals. And that this would be alleviating immense pressure that I think some police officers are under from having to deal with so many of our societal issues that uh, they're not trained for, nor sh you know should they be, that's expecting probably too much of um of people in an organization and so you know we need to say it was a mistake back in the 80s to shut down the mental hospitals and we need to bring back those uh those alternatives for people other than if you don't you know are you're not healthy fit and have a home then you just go to jail or yeah geraldo rivera it was a mistake <laughs> i mean uh, i do I right. do think that we need to be able to say we made a mistake. I mean, that's why Roger Goodell's statement of not just saying, yes, Black Lives Matter, like was good for, because the words we made a mistake were expressed. Don't worry, Chelsea, you're allowed to watch the NFL this year, okay? Don't worry. <laughs> we, thing is, is that we, just, uh, we lied about not watching it. We all watched it. Like we get before, it. It's okay. Uh, before we run out of time. Jay-Z, they have Jay-Z uh, Scott. Scott, I yeah, exactly. Scott, I did want to take a, a moment. Uh, you know, we'll squeeze out an extra couple minutes here. I wanted to talk about sort of the big picture uh, political ramifications of this. I would say, regardless of party and affiliation, the majority of politicians at the national level and at a lot of the local levels, they're just at this point, they're like, all right, when are these things going to end? Like enough already. Like they they've made their point. And the way that this is supposed to work in the minds of the politician is that we say we're gonna do something, but then of course we don't do anything and everything goes back to what's normal for us. So how valuable do you think the continued pressure is, especially in a presidential election year? There are people voting in primaries at this very second while we're talking. There are apparently very long lines in places where people are voting, which I hope everyone is at least six feet apart. But uh, take a moment and kind of talk about the pressure that's being put on everyone, really. I mean, by that, I mean uh, politicians. Well, no, I think in a, in a, in a very odd way, um, having Trump being president right now um, has maybe taken this to a level that it may not have otherwise been able to happen. And, and you, you can also talk about the COVID restrictions and people being stuck at home and now, you know, are really like passionate, you know, seeing how the healthcare had affected, you know, Black people at a much higher percentage than other people. And you see healthcare inequalities that are brought to the forefront. So there's a lot of things that are happening right now that in, in a way have led to this moment that maybe if you took off the uh, COVID out of the picture and you didn't have Trump as president, we would still be in the same situation. Um, 
but I think it's 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 illuminated a huge light, and that's not going to go away. And I've read a lot of articles too about you know uh, Trump is falling back on the law and order thing, which is uh, you know a throwback to Nixon in '68, trying to think that this is this law and order type thing is going to work, but in a way it's going to backfire on him now because of the fact that he's the incumbent. And he's also looking very out of touch with what's really going on. And we can go, you know, we can talk about this forever. Yeah, that, that, that's going to certainly be the, the weeks you ahead know. is is going to be sort of the ramifications. Uh, we've only got about a minute left. And uh, Tehran, again, as our guest, I wanted to give you an opportunity for a final thought. And then we'll let people know how they can keep in touch with you. My final thought is this. I appreciate each and every one of you for not only being allies and support, but having this discussion, having open, honest discussions for reading and educating yourself. And to everyone else, I just wanna let you know, the same energy that you're putting in making these signs and they're so creative and getting into those streets, have that same energy come voting time. Be out there with the same energy. Don't boo vote. And remember, we don't have to wait till November to vote. Every single day that we use our dollar, we are voting. So use your dollars responsibly, Support those who support you. Thank you so much for having me on. And Tehran, where do people find you on the uh, the in the web? streets protesting? <laughs> that's where you'll find me. That's and right. I am Tehran all across the board. I am T H R A N, and in these streets protesting. Gotta hit this uh, protest right now at the Louis store. Send me your sizes. I'll get you some freedom and some justice. <laughs> I'll get you something extra, Chelsea. I'll get you something extra. <laughs> And uh, in, somewhere in the weeks ahead, you'll be able to catch Tehran and I Thursdays at 10 p.m. Pacific, 7, uh, no, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. After Show here on After Buzz TV. Uh, we'll uh, be back soon. Uh, a slightly different tone in the conversation there. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. Tamara, where do people find you? Find me on Instagram at Hey Tamara. And Scott Moore. You can find me on Twitter at SMAN80, S-M-A-N-8-0. Getting in fights with Mitch McConnell and Chelsea uh, Galicia. Chelsea Galicia, <laughs> give us the title of your book. We'll talk more about it in the very near future, but uh, get the title out there. Why, thank you. It's called Save Yourself. Develop the financial fitness to spend in alignment with your values, not ego. It's a great book. That's right. If you ain't black, if you don't vote, you ain't black. Can I, can we, no? Okay. <laughs> no, I think I, I feel like somebody said that. Anyway, thanks again to Tehran and of course our panel and everyone in the chat. We will see you next week. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.